0: Visit roberthalf.com dot com today
1: Yes
2: what is up everyone and welcome to your favorite podcast. Yeah I said it in soccer we trust with your three favorite former U.S. Men's National Team players. And you'll be another one joining us very soon. Special guest Brad Evans is going to be on here. Jordan Morris, Christian Roldan, current National Team players. But yes, I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Chuck D. Davies and Hollywood Heath Pierce. Boys, let's get after it. But before we get after it, I just want to say, how excited are you from 1 to 10 that the Sounders won the CONCACAF Champions League? Charlie, I'm coming to you first.
3: 10. And... I, I did I not call it. Did I not call it? This did this we say that you is... wouldn't call it? Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, didn't we I, all call it? I mean not it was on uh, Charlie, not like it was a this. fifty it was a fifty fifty shot. I mean, it wasn't like you like called this like seven years ago or
3: something like, like that. I knew it was a fight. I knew it was I knew at home from the very beginning before <laughs> <You> the first leg and now after the second leg. All right, I will say Rui Diaz, he doesn't have back to back bad games. He just, just does. He just doesn't. You did say and, and that. Then, you did say that. I did. Thank you. Um, and then I, I will say Nico Ladero just continues to get better. He's 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 catching up to his old form. Um, I really do think he he was gonna be in the MVP conversation by the end of the season. It's a it's a big loss, Ja Paulo, um, with a potential ACL. And so, you know, this team has depth. So I do think they're gonna adjust, but that's a big loss.
2: Definitely, definitely a big loss in the middle of the field. He plays the sixth spot, and we know that's one of the glues of the team, really keeps everything going, both on, on both sides of the ball. Heath Pierce, one out of ten. How excited? If it's not ten, I think you can just be done with the show today.
0: Yeah, it's a ten. It's, yeah. It's one, the, it's, one of, it's one of the few things that we, as a league, have needed to get over the hump. You know when the U.S. didn't qualify in 2018, we all sort of had to carry that burden, whether you played with the national team or not. It was just, it was a, it was just a burden that the whole country had to carry as, like, failure. That's what Concacaf Champions League has been like for anybody who's represented Major League Soccer, played Major League Soccer, as a fan of Major League Soccer, and we've gotten so close so many times to see the Sounders do it. I think it's just a massive boost for the league in general. That so much so that I almost went and wore just an MLS hat uh, for the day, <laughs> just like not representing the club, representing MLS because it's actually a, it's a great thing. But I'm I'm a, I'm a ten on this one. It was fantastic. I was the closest to the score line just for, so you guys you don't remember uh, uh, correctly. I did say three one. And perhaps gave uh, Pumas a little bit too much respect, but 3-0, that works for me, and I was the closest to right. So 10 for me and 10 for uh, Seattle Sounders winning this.
2: Yeah, and it's a 10 for me as well, everybody. The first time that an MLS team has got to the CONCACAF Champions League or won the CONCACAF Champions League trophy since it got rebranded from the CONCACAF Champions Cup. There were two MLS teams that had done it before, the Galaxy in 2000, DC United in 1998. But neither one of those clubs booked their ticket to the FIFA Club World Cup, which is what is going to happen now. And to talk about this a little bit further we're going to bring on another one of your favorite former U.S. men's national team players and brand ambassador for the Seattle Sounders. His name is Brian d What's up, Brad Evans? Great to see you as always. How are you doing, my friend? I assume you didn't sleep last night.
4: I'm still, can you see the bags? I'm still recovering from uh, last night's uh, shenanigans, pre-game and post-game. I actually got a text from Chad Marshall at like 1.30 and we had just had brunch at 10.30. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, hey, I got to do some radio hits. I'll see you in the afternoon. And at 1.30, he was like, I'm, I'm gone already. I like, I need a sauna. <laughs> so he we went back to his hotel, got in the sauna, sweated out, and... Uh, That's the type of day and night it was. And it was just a a scene here It it,
2: it seemed like, Brad, that once it happened and they captured this elusive trophy for MLS teams, that nobody wanted to leave. Like, everybody wanted to stay and enjoy the night. But let's talk about the Sounders team because it looked like maybe a curse was going to happen again once New Who got hurt, Cameroonian (laughs) International, Joel Pedro got hurt towards ACL. And then you bring it on a 16-year-old from Alaska named Obed Vargas in that spot. Very important spot on the field, and you got Kellen Rowe coming in for Nuhu, who's playing out of position. But yet those guys stepped up and did the job. I think that really just personifies what the Sounders team is all about: the so next man up, and everybody's ready to go. And the quality's there. I think Garth Lagerwey, Schmetzer have done an excellent job of building this team to have success.
3: Yeah, you guys have been
4: on enough teams where sometimes when a couple of players go down, you're on the field and you kind of circle up and you're like, okay, we're in for it today. But this team has been built for the past couple of years for this occasion, right? And like you said, it's next man up, um, but. I was with you in the stands. I was nervous when it it, it was more the pace of the game that I was nervous about. Right. Because oftentimes you see uh, Liga MX teams come in here and they control the pace and kind of control the dominance. And that's exactly what they were getting with our own injuries. So we almost shot ourselves in the foot. And that that first half was not pretty soccer. Right. There were too many stops, you know, injuries and, and substitutes. And it takes a while for, you know, two guys to get into the rhythm of the game. But that goal right before halftime was absolutely killer.
0: You know, I talked about it on our last show when we were previewing some of the second leg. I, I going back to my, my first year in MLS, I came with five games left in the season. We had to win five straight to go into the playoffs. And we played against the Sounders at home in their first year. And they pretty much played us off the park. Just the, the, the atmosphere the fans, the pitch, everything that plays into the advantage of playing in that. How much do you think that was a factor getting that second leg at home versus perhaps having to play that second leg away?
4: Yeah, massive. It was so big. Um, You touched on it, and I don't think people understand how difficult it is to come into Seattle and play the way that you want to play. And most of that is due to the pitch, right? Like most teams are used to playing on grass day in, day out. But when you come to Seattle, it's wet turf. The ball and the bounce is, it's unpredictable for most teams that come in here. And there's only one team in Mexico that has a turf field and that's Tijuana, right? So they only play on grass down there. And then you got to come in here with the crowd, I think eight Oh and two now in crowds above 65,000. So yes, the proof is in the numbers that the crowd <laughs> matters, but you're right. It, it is a difficult place. I mean, we play salt Lake right in their heyday in their Tiki talk right in the, in the four, four, two diamond. And they come in and they're missing passes, rolling out of bounds, overhitting passes. So there is something to be said about the field, and we were very, very fortunate to have that um, you know, game at home. But that's a testament to the work that the guys did in the previous rounds also to, to, to get that
3: advantage. Brad, I want to talk about Brian Schmetzer because you've seen him as an assistant coach. You were there when he had made the transition as the, the head coach. Doesn't get a lot of credit. Won a couple of MLS Cups without Ziggy Schmidt on his own, and now CONCACAF Champions League, the first – To ever do it in Major League Soccer. What is it about him that he's got this team playing at such a high level and and winning trophies? Yeah,
4: I think, you know, there's two parts to that. And I think if Schmetz came into this league in Major League Soccer as a, you know, 30 year old guy and we saw this change in a team and a a kind of a change in a winning culture that he had brought in since, you know, taking over a, a crap team in 2016 and winning a championship, I think we'd be having more conversations. But the fact, that this is he's viewed as like just this old guy that knows the roots of Seattle and you know pushes his glasses up and tinkers <laughs> with a few things um he doesn't get the credit that he deserves because what what he's been able to do is you know it's it's been unmatched in the past couple of years uh, since 2016 since he took over and to have this one underneath his belt he has to be in the conversation at least in the past 10 years as as you know one of the best Uh, MLS coaches. And the record proves that the trophies prove that. And obviously this last trophy does too. Um, The consistency is, is huge, but that's what this club is built on is consistency. Um, And he just has not got his, his credit. Um, He doesn't do anything crazy. He's not, he doesn't project himself, um, you know, online and and social media. He's just a man of the people and he kind of stays in the shadows. And I think he's okay with that at the end of the day, Um, as long as we're winning and winning championships he doesn't need the accolades from you know the higher ups.
3: But what are his strengths? Like you're in the locker room. If you if you were to sit in the locker room and you hear him talk or you hear him break down a training or or game film, what does he do that's so yeah. well that
4: so, so that's the weird thing? Like there, there isn't anything that he does where you're like, oh, okay, now I know how to play soccer. Right. So
0: we were right all along, Brad. He doesn't know what he's doing.
4: He's he, he's there as a, as a as a manager more than a pure tactician, and that's right. what I think we were lacking before. Is I think Ziggy was too into tactics, mm-hmm. and Schmetz is more of that manager. Like when you look at Manchester United, right? Sir Alex wasn't the guy that was you know pulling tactics. He was just a manager that was managing guys, and then someone else ran the training sessions. Schmetz does the same thing. Yes, he has an idea, but he really lets his assistant coaches kind of control trainings. And then his overall message is how the club goes. So I think it's a little bit different than, you know, a Bob Bradley. Um, you know, I'd liken it more to a Bruce, right? I only had him for a January camp, right. but his demeanor, right? You guys have had him. He comes in and it's just, okay, we're going to train today. And then you're going to have lunch and dinner off on your own and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Right. It wasn't that like raw, raw sort of attitude and Schmetz has a little bit of that rah-rah, but it's more of this calming presence that just instills confidence in the guys. Let's do one or two things really good and we think we can win the game.
2: Yeah, I think there's a trust there that I think Bruce gives you as a player. Whereas uh, playing under Bob, I felt like he didn't think we were adults, you know, that we couldn't handle mm-hmm. ourselves, that we, at least with the national team, and that I always. In some ways, we don't have to get into this too much, but it always put me off. But I, but I was a grown ass man. Let's get into it, Jimmy. Let's get into it. I was a grown ass man with a wife and kid, and like have a curfew felt a little bit insulting. So I just bed. wanted to throw that Jimmy out. Jimmy had a bed check.
4: I could. Yeah, but but Bruce, but Bruce, he
2: distrusted you. Like, if you weren't going to take advantage of this opportunity to be with the national team, then you basically eliminated yourself from being someone that Bruce can trust when it matters on the field. And so I just, I really appreciated that approach as opposed to that, what my experience with Bob. But with regard to Schmetzer, I feel like he falls into that same camp and he gives you that trust. And if you don't take it, then he's just going to move on to the next player that will. And I think it's a testament to the types of assistants that have come out of there because we have uh, Pineda's at Atlanta now. You got Ezra Hedrickson, who's over at Chicago. And you can see what they're developing, not only on the player side, but also on the coaching side. But let's talk about the consistency, Brad, because you've been around as a player with the Sounders and now in your, your role as an ambassador for the club how they've had this consistency because they've been in a lot of MLS cups. They've won a lot of open cups, a supporter shield, and now a CONCACAF Champions League. That isn't by accident. A lot of other clubs are striving for that. But when you look at how they're building the roster, it's really solid. And now I feel like we're seeing a nice mix of youth academy players and nice signings from overseas and signing good MLS guys like Albert Rusnak from, from Real Salt Lake and, and really just building this nice, solid team that has depth in every position.
4: Yeah, it's it's been the mo of the sounders since 2009 right like when i signed on to the team in in the expansion draft there were i think like nine or ten players taken then right so you have the base of what i thought was going to be the roster but then you show up in a preseason camp and more than half of the usl team is there trying out right and that was a product of adrian and schmidt saying we already have a culture here we already know that we've won in usl now how can we take this to the next level let's use the tools that we have here and build a real spine around moving this club forward for the next 10, 20 years. And so we had, you know, Taylor Graham, Roger, Zach Scott, Sebastian Latou, Chris Islander, right? Guys that were proven champions in USL. And then sprinkle in Ozzy Alonzo, myself, Nate Jake, guys that have, you know, had some success, but at a young age in major league soccer. And you've seen that over the past 10 or 12 years, right? You saw Ozzy here for, for a decade. Uh, and then you bring in Gustav Svensson, right? A, a national team player. Now, João Paulo, a, 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 he's unreal, right? And it's so unfortunate to, to see him go down. But then Obed steps in and the team doesn't miss a beat as a 16-year-old. As a it's wild. So they've been able to keep a good core group together. Winning cures everything. You guys know that. So we haven't had that full explosion of a roster like most teams have. And 2016 was such a pivotal time because the Sounders could have said, we're going to go in a different direction and we're going to hire some coach from overseas. But what happens is, is they come in and change some of most, if not all of the technical staff, some of the front office, right? The training staff, the whole culture of the team changes. And that's not what needed to happen. We just needed a jolt and to get some, some fresh blood in. And Schmetz provided that. And so we were able to carry on with a core group of guys and that has, and and we'll continue with, with these Academy kids that have shown tremendous value Uh, We'll continue until something crazy happens, but I I just don't foresee that with this club.
0: Brad, you said something earlier about, obviously we were talking about Schmetzer not getting enough attention and, and and you started with, if he was a 30 year old coming in, and I think we're all caught up right now within the league of, uh, even in the global game of the young player and the young manager being sort of the thing we focus on. Do you think Schmetzer would be uh, or should be a candidate for a national team job at some point, considering, you know, the, his experience, his ability to work with a number of different players from different backgrounds, bring them all together also has just a different approach. Do you think that would be one, something that would be attractive to him? Cause he's never been part of any of those conversations, but if you look at his track record, you're kind of like, man, this guy should be able to pick any job that he wants.
4: Yeah. It's a great, it's a great question. I mean, you know, I, I think that would be on Schmetz's radar. And I know that he's thought about that. You have to, when you're a manager that's done what he's done and you're looking around like, okay. Where do I fit into this picture? And he probably thinks about it every single day, I'm sure, uh, deep, deep down and inside. And I think he could be in. In the conversation for a national team job, but I'm not sure he understands really what the undertaking is of that role as as a whole and what, you know, U.S. men's national team and U.S. soccer is trying to do. For me, it used to be like, OK, a coach can live in L.A., you guys live all over the place, and then we convene for you know a week or two, and then you're, you you go off and do your thing. Um, I think Schmetz would like the consistency more of an MLS job than a U.S. men's national team job. I think he likes being in it every single day, and he's better when he has his his group of guys all the time and he can build that versus having to plug and play sometimes with guys that maybe he's never seen before. So I think that's a massive undertaking Um, conversation. Yes. I just, why would you leave the Sounders to, of course, a national team job is great, but why would you leave the Sounders unless something wild happens? This is, I mean, this is where you want to be. It's a destination, you know. Talking to what Andy about Rose, what about
0: abroad? What about another club team job that could be another challenge? Where uh, you know, I don't mean an MLS because he's it, it'd be tough to find anything better than what the Sounders setup is. But you know, uh, another type of challenge or is, is Leeds, is Leeds he, United?
3: Yeah. No, he could be like a. I also think he could be a national team coach of, let's say, a, a different national uh, a team, Jamaica. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, one of the other CONCACAF. Uh, teams, I could see that as well.
2: Yeah,
4: if if he wants that challenge, right. yes, he, he could do it. I know he can do it. If he brings in his staff and and he can build a culture like no one else, he can do it for sure. I just that whole scene of like, okay, I'm you know 60 years old or whatever, and now I'm going to move to you know what Bob did, right? He went to La Havre, and it's like, man, if you don't win your first couple games, now you got to find a new home and then a new home, and then you know, I just. That's not on the radar for him, uh, and he's never spoken about it publicly. But I, I think he's just in the mix in Seattle. He's got his group, and see how far he can take it.
3: The grass isn't always greener. That's that's right. That's, that's for sure. That's right. uh, you, you you talked about Chad Marshall being there were there a bunch of, of former players and, and has the culture stayed within? Like, you know, you see other MLS teams, they leave the club and it's done. There's no yeah. communication. There there are, there is no one brought back to games. It seems like you're still part of the family. Is, is that fair to say?
4: Yeah, that's fair to say. Um, I think we can always do a better job of keeping our former players, um, especially those guys that did, you know, the the majority of the work for the club always involved. Uh, I'd like to see more roles of like an actual alumni, you know, coordinator, uh, you know, Dante Washington does a good job in in Columbus with that. You know, we get emails on the regular for anyone that's played, Hey, come out and check out this game. We got, you know, an appearance and and let's just hang out together. So I I think the Sounders can do a better job with that. Even, um, you know, when the big games show up, yes, there's always communication between, you know, the front office and especially 2019 MLS cup, right? Those big games where everyone came in. Um, we can always do a better job, but yeah, for, for the most part, we try to keep everyone, you know, engaged as much as possible. And, you know, this one was sending out a text to everyone that's ever played. Like let's do a good luck video for, for all the players. Right. So we can do a better job. Um, but we're, we're doing okay with it. I would say.
2: Okay, Brad, I got to hit pause really quick. Cause we have another special guest joining us who is just on the field for the CONCACAF Champions League final, representing the Seattle Sounders, also represents the U.S. Men's National Team. His name is Jordan Morris! What's up, J-Mo? I just blew out your eardrums, but it's worth it. Congratulations (laughs) for winning the CONCACAF Champions League. We have been pining for that for I don't know how long, and you're representing not only the Sounders, but all of us in MLS that are super excited. Thank you for joining us today. How are you doing, my man?
5: yeah, thanks, man. I'm doing great.
2: yeah, you you doing live great. in the dream. everything's good. Actually, I'm gonna pass the mic over to Brad Evans. Brad, do you have any special questions? Yeah, so um, we let you go. like in
4: true <laughs> in true Jordan fashion, like everyone was yeah celebrating and then he just like kind of walks around and just, all right, where's my family? Um, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go uh, eat food and sleep and just hang out with my dog um we didn't see you in the locker room though and there were a couple couple photos and some snippets but walk us through the locker room after that game
5: yeah it was great man it was a a classic celebration and everyone was happy having a great time and um it's just such a good group of, of of guys I think that's what makes us successful honestly is we have a um, a, a great locker room and um, guys that are just going to work and fight for each other. And you see that come out on the field. So whenever you get to celebrate with a group of guys like that, it's super special. All
4: um, right. go, ahead, go, ahead. Ahead. I, I go just, ahead. I just need him to walk through this goal. Do it. Yeah. The the, the second goal, the buildup and, yeah. and what you guys were feeling pressure, pressure from Pumas. Cause in the stands, I mean, we were sweating, but that goal yeah. just <laughs> un, un, unlocked everything.
1: For
5: sure. I mean, I think we knew that, uh, when we scored in the first half it was big but we knew that they were going to come at us in the second half and we'd have to withstand some pressure but we also knew that there would be space uh, on the counter to exploit you know and I think you saw that on the second goal we I think before that you're right we were um, under a lot of pressure uh, they had the ball in our half lot we were defending and, and we defended well as a team and then um, you know they, they left a little bit of space in behind which we were able to to exploit and then you give Raul a chance from there and he's going to, he's going to bury it. So uh, he's so clinical. So I think we knew that those chances were going to come. We just had to be, you know, defend well and then uh, exploit them at the right time.
2: I love that little pass by Nico Ladero too, to set up a first time hit by Raul Rui Diaz. I mean, he is a special, special player. Now before Brad Evans completely takes over our podcast and makes it his own, we want to give a shout out to Brad Evans. Thank you for coming on the show, B Rad. We appreciate you keeping the awesome human being that you are. We look forward to having you on again very very soon, Brad. See boys. All right, take it See easy, you, Brad, Brad Evans. So, JMO a uh, question from me then. Are I I I just assume there's going to be an emotional drop off. Like how do you that that is like you hit the peak of your season super early into your MLS <laughs> season, but I saw that Brian Schmetzer said afterwards, well, we have to focus on Dallas on the weekend and, and he will never celebrate. <laughs> Special never celebrates, but, but yeah. how are the, how are the players going to kind of refocus? Because obviously you want to get going in MLS as well.
5: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we're enjoying it. We enjoyed it last night and today. And, you know, we, we take that time and, and, and look back on, on what we accomplished because it's a, a huge accomplishment and we're all, incredibly proud um, of, of what we did as a team, but yeah, we, you know, we know we haven't started out quite as well in MLS play because a lot of the focus was on winning this tournament. And so um, we know that's really important to us as well. And, and, and we need to kind of get get back on track and hopefully we can, we can start that this weekend.
0: For uh, Jamo for you personally, has this been a goal that, that, that you wanted to accomplish in your career? Was it something that you saw as an achievement obviously for the club you're building what, I mean, I, I, I can say it fundamentally, uh, a dynasty has been built out of the club and it's a, it's a very young club. Was this something on that radar as well of, of needing to prove yourself against CONCACAF or, or, or was it just another thing to compete for?
5: No, definitely. I think it, it wasn't. And I, for, you know, this year felt different. We just going into this year, we, we, you know, with, if you look at the, the quality we have on the team, adding a guy like Albert to, to an already, um, to, a, to a roster with, with, a bunch of quality already we i think we have the you know it's the deepest team i've ever played for um you see guys that that come in and fill in in positions you know when jp goes down and new goes down you have guys Obed and kellen come in and, and doing an amazing job so it speaks to the to the depth that we have as a team but we just ha- have a really talented roster and i think there was just a different feeling around it this year that we we were really confident that, that we could get the get the job done and it's definitely something for the club we wanted to be that first mls team to to win this tournament and, and uh, we're just excited that we did
3: that. I've always been a fan of your game. I call you Jordan Zion Morris. Um, <laughs> and I think we can relate to each other in a, in a lot of ways with, with injuries and, and coming back. Um, can we talk about just your resilience coming into the league as that, you know, that young up and coming rising star college, right to national team, doesn't really happen. This build up, you get your move to Swansea and you have this injury now. This buildup, going to the World Cup is is right there. I know that's got to be pushing you, and, and you're still not quite yet back to that that form that you were in prior to that to the injury. How 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 do you go about every day, and what's that preparation like mentally and physically?
5: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think going through last last year going through the rehab process playing in in games like this is kind of what motivated me to to get back so i I think um knowing that these moments were ahead getting to getting to play for for trophies having the world cup at the end of this year trying to to be a part of that group get back in with the national team that's what motivated me last year to to get back on the field and and have uh have moments like this and and i think yeah it takes you know it it takes a little time to, to to come back and i remember i was thinking about it a bit I feel like coming back from the last one I really really started to hit my stride kind of um late summer maybe or you know summer after after goal cup I, I kind of started feeling like that's when I really started feeling back to myself and and you know I feel like I'm farther along this time ahead but but not quite back to where I was before the injury so there's little things that I know I need to keep working on every day to to uh to keep getting better and keep getting back to that to that old form but um yeah I mean like I said playing in games like that winning trophies it's what what motivated me last year when I was going through that process so it just feels great to be back
2: now Jordan I know that you like to play golf and I'm sure that's a good way to balance uh all (laughs) the pressure that you have to deal with on the field and as you prepare to be on the field and everything that you'd went through how much golf are you going to be playing now Is, is Schmetzer giving you guys a little bit of a break here uh to to kind of relax because of all the energy you put into making this special run i hope
5: so man i hope so. <laughs> i'm trying, trying to get out on the course i don't know for me golf it's definitely relaxing but i'm not good enough yet to so it's still pretty uh pretty stressful what do you shoot? frustrating man if i'm uh if i'm around 100 i'm happy i'm i'm like one 105 around there so I'm okay
3: are right, you and me on the same okay i'm not okay, great like bro
5: i'm not great <laughs> you know, i can hit a couple good shots and it, and it brings me back for the for the net i'm like oh okay i'll just do that next round and just Never happens, obviously, but it's a, it's a, it's a great game. And it's a, it's a a fun way to kind of, you know, be stressed outside of the, outside of soccer.
0: Uh, Jordan, now, you know, talk to us a little bit about your, your charity and for those that don't know, or maybe you're just tuning in or sort of on the adjacent side of, of, of soccer fandom, sort of why you, you have this charity that you have and, and, and what it means to you.
5: Yeah. So I'm a a type one diabetic and, and when I was, um, growing up as, as a kid I would always look uh to other diabetics that were playing um, not just soccer but professional sports in general and use them as inspirations kind of you know if they can can do it why why can't I but I was never able to speak to them or hear their story or anything like that so when I turned pro I made that uh, a big goal of mine to, to just have outreach to, to young kids living with with T1D and, and be able to hopefully give them some inspiration and, and some some hope and you know really preach the message that that Type 1 can't hold you back from from getting to where you want to be. So it's been a, a amazing. My, my family and I have been running this foundation now for for almost 5 years and it's really um it's inspiring to me as well to to speak with with these kids.
3: Well, I can tell you one thing. You are a, a huge inspiration. Uh a lot of of kids all over the world look up to you. Uh, one thing that I've always wondered is you've been playing recently on the wing for for a number of years now. But I know you you're not blocking this out. The national team is struggling up top in that nine position. You've had success in the nine position, obviously with Seattle, Rui Diaz has kind of claimed that spot and that's fine, but you know, you can play there. Has that been on your mind at all? Saying, Hey, Greg, let me get fit and, and get back to my best form, but give me a shot at that position.
5: Yeah. To, to be honest, you know, the, the coaches have, have spoke to me a bit with the national team about, um you know going in the last camp potentially coming in into the game and, and going up front and, and when I did something I ended up playing out wide but I, I think that potentially is 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 in the cards and, and I feel like I um you know can, can offer um a, a lot up front that was my natural position um obviously coming out of, out of college and and with, when I started with, with the national team so Again, whatever, whatever. Let's uh, go.
3: That's, uh, that's I what I can like do here. Let's to go,
5: team, man. And whatever I can do to help the team, and you know, I'll play, I'll play wherever. But I definitely feel comfortable playing as a nine. I think sometimes even with the Sounders in, in, in the game, I end up uh, up there and, and making runs and things like that because it is um, somewhere that that I feel comfortable. So yeah, definitely um, think it, it's a, a position that, it, that I can play.
2: Well, from your lips, J-Mo, to Greg Berhalter's ears, hopefully we can make that happen. We'll cut this out and send it to him. But, of course, (laughs) I don't don't want to take away uh, any of your shine, but we have one of your teammates joining us right now. His name, number seven for the Seattle Sounders, is Christian (laughs) Roldan. What's up, Christian Roldan? Great to see you. Uh, Congratulations on winning the CONCACAF Champions League. Now, I know this is our podcast, Me, Heath and Charlie, but I'm gonna give Jordan the opportunity to ask you a question, Christian, about last oh. night's performance. Take it away, JMO.
5: Oh man, I should have come
2: prepared. Um, what do you got for Christian? I know you just saw him. You might even be like next to each other, not too far away, but uh, any anything special for Christian. Give us some insight uh,
5: about the performance yesterday. Yeah, yeah. sure.
2: Like 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 Christian, why didn't you pass me the ball when I was <laughs> wide open? You know, one of those, one of those. Types.
5: <laughs> what do you guys think? Was that ball he tried to play me in the second half? Was that more more? You know, you think I could have gotten there? Or do you remember that one when he played a played a ball through and the keeper came out for it?
2: Yeah, I mean, christian you got to take a little bit off of it. You know, that uh, I trip's don't know. a little tricky. You, you know what I mean?
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, I try to play it to his foot a little bit hard. Uh, may have played it too far in front of him i i my intention was honestly to to hit his foot and let him take a touch you know past the defender but um maybe in the game i was a little bit emotional telling him <laughs> stick out your foot a little bit more yeah know? i, I would have said the same thing yeah <laughs> i would have said I, oh my bad man i thought you were
3: faster My yeah i'm with jordan i'll be like man play
5: to yeah, my feet exactly <laughs> all right
2: so so do this for me jmo before we let you go we appreciate your time and congratulations again what's your Thank favorite you. part about christian Roldan's game
5: is i mean he he never stops i think uh he's a guy that um is always working works for the team incredibly self selfless and i almost said selfish selfless <laughs> and uh yeah he just has a, a an unbelievable engine so um he brings so much to, to our group and, and we're we're lucky to have him. All
2: right now Christian, you know, let's just pretend that J Mo's not here. What's your favorite part about J Mo's game? And be honest.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> For me, it's uh, his ability to change the game with a his his pace, but his timing. His timing is is everything and we've seen it gotten you know it's it's gotten better over the last couple of years, um, his connection with, with Nico and making runs off the ball, uh, that, that people don't see it, you know, people don't, Mm -hmm. don't get to appreciate the amount of runs that he makes. And, and, you know, sometimes he gets the ball and sometimes he doesn't, but it creates so much space for guys like myself and Nico in the pockets. And really, uh, you know, it, it just, his selfless running, um you know, helps our team so much. So I appreciate you, Jordan. Listen, hey, I, thanks, I'm, a, bro. I'm
2: feeling all warm and fuzzy inside. guys. Getting after. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, Hopefully, you man. get on the golf course and make sure you hit them straight. I heard that's a good tip yeah, to have when you play
5: uh, golf. That's a that's a tough part for me, but thank you guys. <laughs> appreciate it. Have Jordan a good Morris,
2: one. everybody. All right, let's focus on Christian. Christian, congratulations. You know, how important was it for Seattle to win this competition and to be the first? MLS club to win the CONCACAF Champions League because you guys have been circling around it for a while, obviously had domestic success, but this is a very big deal, my friend.
1: Yeah, no one can take this away from us, and and I think that's the beauty about, about making history. Um, we're, we're obviously extremely grateful for, you know, the, the support that we got. I mean, w- without our crowd, each and every home game in CCL, uh, you know, w- we we're not winning the final without them. So, um, number one, grateful. And, and, you know, no one can take away, uh, that bit of history and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's extra special being the first to to do something.
0: All right, Christian. Uh, I got a question for you. You're obviously part of this contingent that, uh, within the national team. And I spent, I would say the majority of my career playing in major league soccer. That's part of this, uh, lumped in group of players that play domestically that don't get the respect of the other players uh, playing abroad or some of the younger players playing abroad. Is, is that a motivator for you with regard to how you play with the club team? You know, you're constant kind of proving that you should be in the national team pool, the performances that you're putting with the national team. Is that something that you're aware of having to sort of carry on your shoulders that you're a domestic player when sort of the sexy thing right now is to be a player abroad?
1: It doesn't necessarily motivate me because uh,
3: you're always motivated
1: because, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, my role with the national team. Yeah, it's sometimes, you know, I, I wish I could play more and I feel like it can make an impact. But, you know, I feel like I'm making an impact. I'm in training, busting my butt, you know, working extremely hard, helping out the starters uh, when I need to creating a winning environment, a competitive uh, training session and, and really helping the team move forward. Um, And, and that's what motivates me. I want to see the field and uh, you know, I'm doing everything possible, both, you know, with the club and and when I'm with the national team and, and hopefully, you know, uh, uh, you know, Greg and and the rest of the coaching staff, um, the players, you know, appreciate what I do. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll continue to 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 do so if if uh, if uh, if they continue to call me in, man. Uh, I'm just I'm really happy to be there, but also I'm motivated to to help to help the the national team move forward.
3: You're only 26 years old. It feels like you you've been playing for year like 10 years, 15 yeah, no years. Um, how have you grown as a player with with the Sounders and with the U.S. Men's National Team?
1: Yeah, I had an interview the other day. I think. And and I talked about this briefly was understanding my strengths and, mm-hmm. and not playing out of what I'm good at. You know, I creating overloads, third man running, timing, uh, running in behind. Those are things that that you know I, I would say I'm good at. You know, maybe playing one v one is is something that I'm not I'm not great at. You know, so I I kind of avoid those situations by, you know, creating overloads and and making third man runs um you know cr- early crosses so
3: one twos yeah e-
1: exactly so just understanding my strengths and and reading the game um based on on what i'm what i'm decent what i think i'm decent at and and um you know i think that's that maturity and and the 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 level of commitment i have towards you know watching film has has helped me uh quite a bit but and i'm i'm, I'm happy uh that that we were able to to get that win just, no. cu- just, cu- just curious. Yeah, go ahead, go for
3: it. Where, where does this win rank for you? In turn, you've won MLS cups. You, now this is the first ever to do it. Where, where, where on the the totem pole is this? The pecking order.
1: Yeah, this is top of the list for me, man. Ooh, okay. Um, this is the That's cherry cool. on top, man. This is the cherry on top because number one, you know, like you mentioned, history. You know, being part of history is, is special. Number two, my brother wasn't really part of t- 2019 when we won so doing it with him uh, you know alongside him was was really really special i think for myself and my family uh and and lastly you know we went to mexico city and we were down 2-0 and, and mm-hmm. to come back like that and and um you know get get that 2-2 draw and, and put ourselves in a really good spot to to come home and get a result and the way the 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 game went winning 3-0 man it, it it really was the cherry on top of everything
2: yeah, I mean, ultimately, you scored five straight goals, which I think really speaks to the way you guys can adapt to any situation. It really speaks to a lot of the qualities in your team. Now, let's have some fun. You get to go to the FIFA Club World Cup, which is the Ooh. first time an MLS team will ever participate. Would you rather face Liverpool or Real Madrid, Christian Roldan?
1: Wow. I mean, the the resilience that that Real Madrid has right now is is crazy. And, and they're a scary team to to. Go 1-0 up 2-0 up uh it, it seems like but honestly Liverpool for me uh would be a, a, a dream come true because um don't,
3: don't tell me you're Liverpool supporter. listen
1: I got no, listen, no. I want to see
2: Christian Roldan versus Tiago. I like I want that <laughs> not that I don't want to see him against Modric and Cruz and Casemiro but I want to see you out there against Fabinho and Tiago. I think that would
1: be sick no for me it's because they're they're in a great run of four men you want to play at the, against the best, the very best, and I think Liverpool right now is 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 so dang good right now.
0: You know, I, I want to talk a little bit about your relationship uh, with your brother. Obviously, coming out of World Cup qualifying, what was that like competing against him with the family, the dynamic? You know, was there ever a moment in your young career that you were thinking, "Where where does where does my sort of I don't want to say loyalty because it can, it can lie in, in multiple places, but where, where do I want my future? You know, how close am I connected to, to the other, I believe you had two other national teams going to play for, right? With, with Guatemala and El Salvador. What, what was that opportunity like? And uh, you know, obviously the cameras are following you after the game, the moment you're talking to your, your, your brother and stuff. What, what was that like and now having a chance to win this, this title must be kind of a wild journey to be playing together and to play against each other and all that. So just walk us through sort of that dynamic.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, well first and foremost, you know, I, I I've always thought the world of of my brother as a player. Um and and I always believed in him and and I'm glad that the Sounders believed in him because you know, he he's played in in very big games uh in and and his career has taken off in in, in 2 years essentially. Um so it, it's great to see him uh continue to play well and and adjust and adapt and you know, play a position that he basically inherited, uh, at another. Uh, so for me that I'm so happy for him. Secondly, man, what a treat it is to, to play alongside him, uh, but, but play against him, man. I think we were the first ever, uh, brothers to, to play in a world cup qualifying game, uh, together or against each other. Yeah, um, that's cool. And, and I think that that's really special. Uh, again, we talk about history, so, no one will ever take that away from us, dons over here, and and um, <laughs> but it, it was a battle in El Salvador, and, and the way they embraced me was was fantastic, and um you know I I I'm so happy to to be you know part Salvadorian, part Guatemalan, and and, and obviously from the United States as well.
0: Hey, Christian, real quick follow-up on that. You mentioned the, the trajectory of your brother because th- for the longest time it was Christian rolled on and he's got this brother, right, that also plays. But it wasn't held in the regard of like Christian and Alex. Now it's this – it's a different dynamic, at least in the way that we speak about, you know, not uh, this this national team player that has his brother that plays professionally, but like this guy who was leading El Salvador, one of the best players on the team, and his brother Christian. I mean, have you noticed that trajectory shift or – was it, was it ever a a developmental thing or just finally having the opportunity to prove how good he is?
1: Yeah. I think finally having the opportunity to, to, to show, you know, it's difficult sometimes to, to come into a game, you know, maybe when we rotate midweek and you're playing at left mid, you know, and and you're on the road and you're defending and, and you can't really showcase yourself. But when you become a starter and you play games and you continue to, Gain confidence and momentum, uh, each and every week because you're playing 90 minutes, man, you can really sh- see if a player is going to make it or not. And Alex, I think when he was given that chance, he, he really took it and, and, and took it with stride. Um, so, and, and I have sh- seen that shift. Uh, he, he's, He's the copy, you know, he's, he's the man. He's, he's, he's,
3: aye the, aye he's aye. eating all the
1: pupusas over there, man. They're treating <laughs> him like royalty.
3: He's got that swagger when he comes in the locker uh, room. Right yes, sir. Uh, so, you know, you're looking at your squad right now. I feel like every time the sounders step on the field superior, you, you will win the game. If everyone's playing well, the depth is crazy for an MLS roster. It's almost rare. How do you feel moving forward throughout this year? I know the next game is going to be a little tough coming off of this emotional high, but what when you're looking at the season, is this another year that you expect to win MLS Cup? That you expect to be in a final? That you know this is a, a group that can win Supporters Shield? Is, is the confidence as, as high as it is as you win a CCL?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think we we have to uh, create high standards. Um, you know, and I think that's why we have been successful because we create these high standards. We create these goals that are are sometimes very difficult to reach. And and uh, the reality is, I think, you know, if if all goes well, we 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 have a good shot. But um, you know, we're we're struggling right now in in the league, and and that's a reality. So we have to get back into it. But the depth that we have is 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 incredible, and. Um, we'll see it throughout the year, uh, even with Open Cup games coming up. Uh, I mean, you name it. There, there's so many games be, to, to be played um, in, in the next two months. And, um, you know, I, I'm ready to 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 see what our team can do and, and how we can bounce back within the league.
2: Yeah, I don't think any of us are too worried about what you guys do. You always find a way <laughs> to get around and then. Make it deep into the playoffs and and get get a spot in the final. Now, Christian, before we let you go, appreciate your time as well. Congratulations again. We gave Jordan an opportunity to tell us how he decompresses. He says he likes to play golf, even though he's not very good at it. I see a little video game setup you got going you there. You see
3: the Xbox right there. I see it. Yeah. That like, is a,
0: not a li- that's not a little game setup. <laughs> that's <by> the <that's laughs> proper yeah, setup. It's that's like sound Alfonso Davies, ball. Sergio Aguero, Chichi
3: yeah. yeah, ready. He's, got the he's ready, ready, ready to go.
2: Like what, what's your game of choice? And and is that what you like to do to decompress?
1: Man, it was Fortnite, but you know, I've had to grow up just uh, just a little <laughs> bit with, within the last couple uh, of months. Um, you know, now having a dog and stuff, but um, but now I guess I use this to watch YouTube videos on, on golf and, and how I can <laughs> get better at golf. So I'm, I'm right there with Jordan.
2: Nice, nice, nice. Well, Christian, again, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations. Continued success with both club and country. And we look mm-hmm. forward to having you again on the show very, very soon.
1: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having All me. Right. I'm not buying
3: that YouTube, by the way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is Christian on. <laughs> we're going to take a short break, everybody. But when we return, we're going to get into how important this game just is and was for Major League Soccer moving forward and obviously as we approach the FIFA Club World Cup. So don't go anywhere! Welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Davies and Hollywood Heath Pierce. Make sure you hit like and subscribe if you haven't already. We really appreciate your support. If you're listening to us on a podcast platform of your choice, make sure you hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review if you'd like. We'd really like that. And we want to build this community to be something very special. It's already started that way. We want to continue it heading into the World Cup and beyond. Now I want to talk about the FIFA Club World Cup, though. And Heath, I'm going to come to you first. The fact that an MLS team is actually going to be participating in this is an incredibly big deal for a perception standpoint and for the opportunity to win some ah, casual Euro snobs over whatever fans you want to throw into there. But but there's also the risk that we might face an Al-Hilal from Saudi Arabia who win trophies there all the time, but we'll probably play a team of that stature first before we get a shot at a Liverpool or Real Madrid. If we lose to one of those teams it could work against us as well. What are your thoughts on that Heath? When is it, by the way? It
3: hasn't been decided. Well, it's supposed, Apparently it's, it's going to be, be in January in... February 2023.
2: Yes, that's that's the plan. Initially it's supposed Which to be is... for China, but but I don't know where it's yeah, going to be right now. Yeah, I saw now. that got
0: postponed. But I think it's in the but UAE.
2: My... I think I think Charlie's right. UAE or or uh, Qatar in 2023 in January.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean it's it's going to be a crazy my the sad part is that this team could be different than what we see now uh, playing in, in the Club World Cup. The upside, and this is what I like about Seattle Sounders, is that it might be two players different than what we see now. And that's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I like sending the, the Sounders to be the representative of Major League Soccer or, or the CONCACAF region because we're going to have a team that's competitive, a team that has uh, the maturity and experience. You know, he, he, when Jordan earlier was listing off all the players that came in from – Gustav Svensson, who played in the World Cup with, with Sweden, to a number of other big-name sort of players. It wasn't Freddie always Montero, like the biggest... Players, Freddie Martin, Montero. Clem yeah. Dempsey. It's not always been the hugest players at the hugest times of their careers, but they've been players that could slot in immediately and be contributors across the board, and I think they continue to have this pipeline, and as you mentioned, Jimmy, that uh, that depth in the roster of players now co- starting to come through the academy like Obed Vargas to be able to step in and and, and do whatever. I think that they do they can be competitive. We've seen Other teams from other regions, it's not like it's just a cruise control for Chelsea all the way to a final. There are some very, very good games, and you're going to be playing against a number of different confederations that play a very different style of play. And I think at the moment, or even the last three years, I would have still picked uh, the Seattle Sounders to be the best team to be able to compete on the global stage.
2: And then, Charlie, there's a question from Mike Victory on our previous show that we didn't get to answer, but we wanted to do it now. Just a shout out that we do see your comments and we're trying to answer as many as we possibly can. He said if the Sounders win the CONCACAF Champions League, this is before the game and now they have. Do you think that their guys, specifically the ones that we had the pleasure of talking to today, Jordan Morris and Christian Roldan, deserve a spot with the U.S. men's national team for Qatar, that they were part of, of a successful team? Because there is yep. something to be said for being mm-hmm. part of a winning mentality and a winning culture
3: it's fantastic what seattle has done for the league for the sport in this country but that does not guarantee you a spot with the u.s men's national team it's nice but just because your club is going to a club world cup does not mean oh now i get to go to the world cup and represent for the the u.s men's national team so i think you know it's it's a it's definitely a, a nice shiny object that goes on your belt and it makes you more appealing if you're looking at the roster but at the end of the day it's who's performing, mm-hmm. who's in form, how you doing? Mm-hmm. I think Christian Roldan, the reason why he's so valuable for Greg Berhalter is because he can play a number of different positions. You're talking about a utility guy. He knows his strengths. Now, if he's forced to to go, you know, in in a competition per position, if you're looking at at, at the depth of the midfield, unfortunately, he's not going to play. Right. That, that's just you're. You know, there's always those guys that come around and you're stuck behind a star, you know, and it'd be the same for anyone who's playing left wing. You're never going to play over Christian Pulisic. So it's almost like you hope that you don't play left wing. And if for Jordan Morris, you you, either, if you're left wing or right wing, the depth is crazy. So you want to play in a position in the position where you have the most chance or opportunity to perform, which I think Jordan Morris will play at the nine. So I think with this group for Seattle, the goal is just to get to a final and you hope that you're, you're not on the European side and, and most likely you you play the winner of of South America and, uh, and then you, you, you hope that you get a chance to play in the final either way. It's going to be an incredible experience just to be there, the level of competition, you know, you're playing against Real Madrid or Liverpool, hopefully, or, or the top South American team. And it counts. It's not a friendly, typically we play these teams and it's a friendly and maybe, the stars there, maybe they're not. And I think in most cases, they maybe play 10 or 15 minutes and it's not really you're not getting the most out of them. Now you're playing them for a trophy and they're playing with everything. And I think for the Seattle Sounders, if they can go all the way with with MLS Cup and then you know you have um the World Cup, some guys will be still informed, ready to go. It won't be the the big break, and then you're thinking, oh, you know, these guys are in preseason mode versus everyone else who's mid season form form.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at uh, Monterey right now and kind of their run. And uh, they ended up playing Al Jazeera first this past iteration when Chelsea won. They beat Palmeiras 2-1 in extra time, if everybody remembers that. Kai Havertz scored. Uh, Monterey beat Al Jazeera 3-1. They end up playing Al Ali from Egypt. And they lose that one 1-0, and then they're out. And, and it's disappointing because we've seen Tigres get to a final before. There's going to be a couple games they're going to have to scrap. Now, just so everybody knows, there's been a lot of talk about the FIFA Club World Cup being expanded to 24 teams. But it's being reported now that that's not going to happen for another year, a year and a half. So we're going to I think that's fortunate for us because I was bummed last night after the Sounders won going, "Oh, now they're going to expand it. Now there's 24 teams and we maybe won't get that crack against a Liverpool or Real Madrid or whoever it is." And now with only 8 teams still, they've got a good chance of making that happen, Heath Pierce. Now to your point about the style and the, the certain players they have to sign. Again, I agree with you that the Sounders have the pieces in place. I mean, they have a, a goalkeeper that knows how to make the timely save. We haven't even talked about Stefan Fry, but he made some clutch saves last night. They have a ton of experience. Uh, Yamar in back and the center back position has been excellent. Ariaga, excellent. Uh, JP, the, the number six at Torres ACL, he should be back hopefully by January. Maybe not. Maybe that's too soon for an ACL tear. But they've got these pieces that I think – of all the teams in MLS that I think I would want representing us at the FIFA Club World Cup, I don't know if I could pick another team outside of Seattle. And I know that's going to make their fans insufferable. And all the other teams in MLS are going to end up rolling their eyes, even though they're probably pretty proud an MLS team got there. But but what do you think the realistic expectation should be, Heath, of what we should see from the Sounders in this competition?
0: It's tough to say, but I, I just go back to the a couple of years ago when when LAFC were, were breaking all kinds of records and faced the Sounders in the playoffs and, and the Sounders they weren't they weren't up for this whole like mm, outplay us that. control the flow play they were willing to play ugly they were willing to foul disrupt play there was just a maturity to the game that Seattle never looked shook and they can mm-hmm. they just they just punched LAFC in the face a couple times and then they just said okay now what are you going to do and they just have that that again that experience and that ability you just talked about Stefan Fright if you go back over the last seven, eight years of his career, you just look at all the crucial experience that they have in so many positions uh, of leadership in this team that when I, when I think about them playing against uh, a a foreign opponent in a game of consequence, I see a very composed squad that's not going to get shook or pulled out of places or where they fall apart. There's just a, a standard that's been set in that team, of maturity, a system, um, and they're just really hard to play against. So I don't see why they can't, be competitive now talking about winning it who knows but like uh at least they're not going there as this super super underdog that people are going to be like oh just happy to be here like they can be competitive in the club world no cup.
2: i I'll, honestly i'm, I'm buzzing and, and as much as i'm excited for the world cup in december the fact that we'll have the fifa club world cup happening a month later is going to be pretty special and i'm kind of curious though because that's an mls off season how we're going to look going into that but i guess everybody's coming off a world cup and a break so maybe there won't be an advantage or disadvantage to that now charlie Question for you. I just want to get out of the FIFA Club World Cup really quick and bring it back to Jordan Morris because you asked him a good question about that number nine spot, and he said he already had a conversation with Greg Burhalter
3: mm-hmm.
2: Do you think in these upcoming June friendlies, this is the time to try potentially J-Mo at that spot, or are you going to try to give Haji Wright a run out there? You know, I mean, obviously, you're, you're, I hope that you give Haji Wright a run, but, but would J-Mo be one of the iterations that you would try in one of these, let's say, 45 minutes in a friendly?
3: For sure, I, I, and I think it was telling also that Greg Baraltar came out and said, "We might not call up call up Ricardo Pepe and give him a, a mental break." A mental break. Yikes! When when I mean, you hear when you hear it's that,
2: important. I, I don't mean to say it in a negative right. way, but it's just like the fact that he's addressing it that way, I found interesting.
3: Right. I mean, exactly. You can spin it any which way you want. At the end of the day, um, you're not you're not informed. You're not playing. We're not going to get a call up. That's usually how it works. So you know i think that's a way of still protecting him and saying hey you just need a mental break have have a, a nice little vacation get away from the game a little bit you know tr- do that off season training and prepare for preseason that's basically what what is taking place and and not saying he's out of the picture because it's easy to say mm-hmm. actually you're not playing you're not in form you're out it's a different message and and i like how he's approaching that cuz you're still keeping him you're still keeping him engaged what I what I do think we're gonna see is, I think Jordan P. Folk is still gonna play his way in because he's still go- scoring goals. And mm-hmm. typically, you 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 give that player another chance, right? Ho- and hopefully he gets his move to play out of Switzerland and and he goes to a higher league. And then if he's doing it at that level, then you say, okay, we we have to play we have to play a certain style with him on the pitch because he's not the player who's gonna make runs in right. behind. He's right. not gonna stretch. So you have to change the game. And I think. The, the team hasn't necessarily played to his strengths, which has made him look worse than he is, right? So um, this number nine position, Jordan Morris, I've always thought he could be the guy because he's 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 got the pace. He's going to stretch back lines. Maybe not the the cleanest finisher, and I think that's what's hurt him as the nine is the finishing isn't as mature as it needs to be on the international level, not to say it can't get there not to say that he can't still impact the game to allow Christian Pulisic or – Brendan Aaronson or Timothy Way or Gio Reyna to to do um, what they need to do underneath. Well, now I asked mean, this I, last.
0: I, I I I, I had to, I, I, I don't ahead. actually. I, I just want to t- have a little teaser because I know we're talking about strikers tomorrow. Uh, we are our front three. I'm gonna, I'm going to save your your both your answers uh, from for tomorrow. So yeah, tomorrow. proper tease, proper tease. But yeah, a proper tease. But I'm just curious if the problem is the system. If we have don't have a striker problem clearly because we have strikers scoring goals. And Haji Wright, by the way, has never been capped by the national team, but he's in form right now. So it's a weird timing to have him in. But is the problem the system? But I don't want you to answer now because I know we're gonna be talking about who should be well, playing. Well, that's what I wanted to say. Top, well, but yeah.
2: I asked that last question to Charlie as a little uh, little taster, a little appetizer <laughs> of our big entree tomorrow. Cause we're coming back at you tomorrow, everybody, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern is when it's gonna be dropping live on the YouTube. So you can obviously listen to it anytime on your podcast platform of choice. But In Soccer We Trust is done for today. So on behalf of producer Dez and producer Alex and Charlie Davies and Hollywood Heath Pierce, I want to say thank you for listening to In Soccer We Trust. And thank you to our special guests from the Seattle Sounders, Brad Evans, Jordan Morris, and Christian Roldan. Congratulations again to the Sounders for becoming the first ever team to win the CONCACAF Champions League. That is a very big deal. And hopefully we got that across today. We'll see you next
3: time. Later.